welcome to the Pause Podcast. This is Mari, and I'm here with Lindsay, as always. Yay. And today is day 28 of our 30-day journey through the book of Mark. It has been so quick. I know. Today we're starting in on chapter 16, which is the last chapter in the book of Mark. So before we get started, let's talk about the mission of the pause, which is that you would carve out some space in your day, today and every day, to get quiet and to pay attention to your soul. So this 16 is the last chapter in Mark, and it's a very weird one. For those of you reading along in your Bible, or even on an app, you'll notice that the last 11 or so verses are in parentheses or have a mm-hmm. have a footnote of sorts, or in italics maybe. Your footnote yeah. will explain that verses 9 through 20 only appear in quote unquote some manuscripts. And we'll talk about this a little bit later in the episode. But for now, just know that the verses we'll be talking about today appear in all, all the manuscripts. That is, we know that they were definitely written by Mark. We just don't know if they were the ending that he intended. So, Lindsay, if you don't mind reading those verses for us, verses 6 through 8. Okay. And he said to them, Do not be alarmed. You seek Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He has risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. But go, tell his disciples and Peter that he is going before you to Galilee. There you will see him, just as he told you. And they went out and fled from the tomb, for trembling and astonishment had seized them. And they said nothing to anyone, for they were afraid. Thanks. So the them in this verse, when it says he said to them, are Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and then Salome. So Jesus passed away on a Friday. Jewish Sabbath is Saturday. So sunrise on Sunday, these Mm -hmm. ladies bring spices to anoint Jesus's body in the tomb. And they're, as they're walking along, they're wondering who will roll the stone away for them because it's very heavy. And when they get there, it's already rolled back. So they go into the tomb and they see a quote unquote young man. We've already talked about that in a previous episode sitting there, quote unquote, dressed in a white robe and other, other gospels will say that it was an angel. So it says they were alarmed. So we already talked about Mark's use of the term young man. Mm -hmm. We're going to go ahead and call him an angel. (laughs) And sometimes in, in one of the gospels, it's described as two angels, Um, But So we can safely assume that this is a messenger from God. And he tells them, number one, don't be afraid. And then number two, go and tell the disciples. So the ladies Hmm. turn away from him and they immediately do exactly the opposite, (laughs) like without (laughs) hesitating. Come on, girls. It's a little embarrassing. Instead of, he says, don't be afraid. They turn around, they tremble and are afraid. He says, go and tell the disciples, and they don't tell anyone. Anyone. (laughs) So these are the last definitive words of Mark's original gospel. It ends right there. It ends Mm. with, for they were afraid. They they said nothing to anyone, for they were afraid. End of book. End of story. Curtain close. (laughs) Curtain close on Mark's theatrical telling of this story. Some scholars think that the real ending may have been lost, which happens a lot with old scrolls. If you think about it, like think about a scroll, how they're rolled up 
the mm-hmm. beginning and the end are very vulnerable because they're exposed more. And the middle yep. is what's most protected in the little yep. paper roll. That's good. Yep. You can look at pictures, actually, if you're a nerd like me, of the Dead Sea Scrolls online. If you really want to see, um, they're like way more eroded at the top and the bottom, at the beginning and the end of the story than the middle. So for all we know, the end that Mark intended completely rotted away. And maybe mm-hmm. even the beginning, maybe that's why his story randomly starts with John the Baptist and not with any of Jesus's life. <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny. Yeah. We yeah, have no true. idea. Um, so some people think that the real ending was lost from rot or whatever. So verses nine through 20, if you've seen them in your Bible, are additions that were made somewhere around the second century. And they were presumably cobbled together from the other gospels just to fill in the gaps, just so mm-hmm. that they would sort of all match. Why that felt necessary when they already had all these other books, I don't really get. <laughs> it's like, if you want to read Luke or John or Matthew, like just read those. Go read them. Yep. I don't know. Maybe the scroll was being passed around and they just wanted like a full story there. And they're like, all right, just add this on there. Whatever. It doesn't matter. Anyways. The question remains as to whether Mark, in all of his bizarre, slapdash, dramatic, Nick Miller writing style, intended to end this book so abruptly or whether it was lost to time. Like, we really just don't know. Mm. As a fun exercise, (laughs) I decided, (laughs) is it fun, to tug on this thread of him actually just ending the writing there. Like, what Mm. if that's really, like, what if that's what he was going for? Oh, that's cool. Okay. What if it wasn't lost? What if that truly is where he ended it with, and they told no one for they were afraid. With the ladies who loved Jesus most, stuck with him to the end, were there with him and everyone abandoned him, directly disobeying some like really, really, really simple orders from an actual angel. I'm curious how you're going to connect this or compliment this with your episode about the women. I know, so, right? Go on. <laughs> because I'm like, they failed me. I talked about how brave and courageous they Are were. Are they not perfect? <laughs> Our heroes always fail us, don't they? Yes, yes. I actually found this so fitting, though. Okay. All throughout Mark's gospel, we saw Jesus laying things out as clearly as he possibly could. Mm-hmm. And people, even the people who knew and loved him best, still managed to misunderstand him or disobey him almost immediately. <laughs> uh, Peter, obviously. Yeah, yeah. And everyone. Like but. any of the disciples, really. He's always like, are you kidding me? What if Mark was just being classic Mark and just leaving us with a reminder not to let history repeat oh, itself? interesting. Right? Yeah, interesting. All right. So as people who love Jesus, you, me, hopefully most of our listeners— who want to learn from the women who followed him, these women that I gave such a glowing review of in the previous episode. <laughs> if we want to learn from these women how to let our whole heart lead us into enough courage to follow him without shame, as we talked about, maybe we would do well to take notes of the angel's very simple instructions, unlike these ladies did. One, Don't be afraid when Jesus isn't where or who you thought Mm. he was. Good. Two, go and tell the other people who love him that he's alive and he goes before them. Mm. And so he tells these women, you'll find him in Galilee. Oh, it's like a very specific city. (laughs) (laughs) It's not like this, like, he'll go before you. It's like, he's actually in Galilee. You will find him in Galilee. (laughs) And we could go like any number of places with that metaphorically. Sure. 
but if you indulge me, like, sure, he went ahead of them to actual Galilee. Like, he literally mm-hmm. met them there. But if we're looking to apply this to our own lives, if Mark was hoping that Jesus's followers, both first century and 21st century, like the people reading this and you and me, mm-hmm. would find meaning is in his abrupt ending. He goes ahead of you to Galilee. So Galilee is a beautiful rural area in Northern Israel. So maybe Mm. Mark was trying to tell us, this is mystical Mari showing up. I'm reading a lot of this. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good disclaimer. Mystical MM disclaimer. (laughs) Jesus, maybe he's saying Jesus awaits us in the quiet places and out in nature. Mm. He'll meet you there. He'll go ahead of you there. Or Galilee was, has also always been linked to political unrest and autonomy, sometimes even anarchy. It was like the seat of a huge anarchist okay. movement. Okay. Most scholars would identify the boundaries just north of or encompassing the, even today, greatly controversial West Bank in the Israel-Palestine mm-hmm. conflict. So I wonder if maybe Mark was saying, Jesus will mm. find you in the unrest. Mm. That's good. Or the Sea of Galilee is where John the Baptist is assumed to have baptized Jesus where the spirit ascended on him and God declared, this is my beloved son in who I am well pleased. And this is my favorite reminder that I've pulled from Mark's weirdo ending. Mm -hmm. What if he is telling us, Mm -hmm. one, don't be afraid when Jesus isn't where you assumed he would be. Mm -hmm. Two, go ahead and tell people who love him that he's alive and goes before you. Mm -hmm. Three, you will see him. He goes ahead of you and you'll see him in the places where God's spirit lives and God's voice echoes. You belong to me, you're beloved, and you're pleasing Mm. to me. So good. What if that's what Mark is getting at? And then he's like, end scene. Nailed it. (laughs) (laughs) What if that's all we have to do is just like be better listeners than the three women? Hmm. And just Mm. don't be afraid. Go and tell others, and he'll find you in the places where God's spirit lives. So when you hear those three things, that means like those. those That's are the your words Galilee. Of the Lord. That's where he yes. went ahead of you too. Yeah, it's good. So for these reasons, I reject verses nine through twenty. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding, <laughs> sort of. <laughs> sort of. <laughs> this this season is over. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Just kidding. Lindsay has some more to say about the other verses. That's actually really, really, really good. Thank but you. <laughs> let's start with discussion question one. Have you ever had a moment where you fully assumed that Jesus would be somewhere and then he was not? Uh, I don't. I like I've had moments where things have turned out differently than I thought they would be. Yeah. Um, and Jesus was, it was just, it was just different, like life circumstances and events. And, um, I felt like, even when we talked about an exodus, I felt like I took a wild detour in the wilderness for a long time Yeah, (laughs) on the way to a promised land. But, um, yeah, I'm not sure. What about you? Have you, do you have an example? No. (laughs) (laughs) I wrote this question that was like, I don't know. Yeah. Seems like a good question. Yeah. It's a great question. I mean, if I sat with it, I'm sure I could come up with one. Yeah, yeah. All right. Discussion question number two. Can you identify a Galilee in your life, 
a place where Jesus has gone ahead to meet you. I do have an answer for this one. Okay. Do you um, want me to give it while you yeah, think? Yeah, go for it. Yeah, go for it. Um, the first time I ever went to therapy, mm. which was probably oh, yeah. almost almost nine years ago now, I was so nervous to go. And my, my friend Brandy had said, I'm going to pray that Jesus goes ahead of you into that room and that you walk in standing tall, as tall as a giant. And she didn't know, but earlier that day I had been reading in Deuteronomy about um, people are like so scared to go into the promised land because there's giants in yes. the land. And then yep, the, yep, the yep. spirit that God sends us an angel to slay all of the giants. Um, so that was super comforting to me when she said mm-hmm. that. And I walked into um, the therapy room and I just mm. felt like such a familiarity. I had never been there before, but it mm-hmm. felt like I had been there a million times before. And it felt like a place where I, um, like that I had all these weird associations of good memories. Yeah. And I was like, oh, this is a strange feeling. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. And I like to think that it's because Jesus went ahead to meet me there. Hmm, the same with moving to Nashville, actually. We got here and I just kept having this feeling of like eerie familiarity on all these streets I had never walked on and all these buildings I had never been in. Hmm. That's really cool. Yeah. What about you? Yeah, I I don't mean to sound like cliche or Christianese, but I feel like I always live my life that in each season that Jesus has gone ahead to meet me. And it's a prayer I started praying right around when I went to Rwanda, which was in 2012, that um, the Lord has gone before me, he's with me and he hymns me in as I go. Mm -hmm. And so this like surrounding and encompassing. And so in general, I'm always like, he's pretty much all around. um, And there's nowhere that I step where he has not already stepped. Um, And so that's what like, not necessarily a specific, but like more of a general, like this idea, that idea and that prayer, I kind of pray that pretty regularly um, as just like a reminder. Um, And reminded me what you just said of like this moving to Nashville and that familiarity. I always feel that way when I go on uh, mission trips, international mission trips. And like when I first went to Rwanda, when I like stepped off the plane, it felt like coming home. And that's how I would like describe it. It felt like home. Oh, cool. And I always assumed my sister was a missionary in the Congo for two years. And I saw all of her pictures and heard her stories. And so I was like, oh, it must just be because I recognize it. But then I went to Colombia, South America. I've been there like five times. And it was the same thing where I was like, this is coming mm. home. Like this yeah. is like, I've been here before, but obviously I hadn't. And I think it was just because like, that's where Jesus is. You know what I mean? Like, so yeah. anyway, when you said that, I was like, yes, I had that same, ex- the biggest, like it was so, so strong. I remember stepping off on the runway and the, air- the plane in Rwanda and I could see the clouds and I was like, I have, I have been here. This is home. Like this is coming mm-hmm. home. So anyway. Mystical Mari has something to say about that. That's, I think okay. sometimes there's these, these places and these events in our lives that are so significant yes. and so spiritually weighty that they almost evoke this like spiritual deja vu in us. Oh, cool. And the way I've thought about it is that if God is outside of time and space, if he just is, I am right. He's in the present moment, mm-hmm. any moment where we're like really closely tied to him or really mm-hmm. significantly 
tapped into um, his spirit as our source mm-hmm. is going to like resonate beyond time and space. So like when you step off of that plane mm. in Colombia and you're like, I feel like I've been here before, like in a way you have mm. just in your future, but our spirits don't live in the past, present, or future. That's like interstellar right there. Right. Did you ever see that movie? Yeah, of course <laughs> yeah. I did. Love it. Nerded <laughs> out on it for sure. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Anyways, do you want to move into our meditation? Let's do it. Okay. Let's start by taking a few deep breaths. Let your eyes drift close and your body relax. Let these steady breaths fuel an assurance in your mind, creating associations between the safety that they promise to your nervous system and the presence of a loving God. It is a harrowing and humbling process to admit to ourselves and to God when we assumed that he would be somewhere that he was not, we assumed death where he created life. We prepared grief when he had orchestrated victory. The truth is that we believe imperfectly. We are the children of Israel named to wrestle with God. So let's take some time to sit in that. Let's participate in an ACTS, A-C-T-S, guided prayer, practicing adoration, confession, thanksgiving, and supplication. So in adoration, we enter God's gates with thanksgiving and praise. So make a list in your mind of what you're thankful for, the attributes of God that cause you to relax into safety, to spring up into joy, to cry with gratitude. Who is he? Sit and reflect on these qualities. Now let's take some time in confession. God never leaves us, but we are prone to leave him. It is human, our fears and shame and striving and pride. We look for him in all the wrong places, but he is kind. So let's find some catharsis in confession.
And now let's move into Thanksgiving. There's always something to be thankful for, even if it is simply that we serve a God who forgives and loves us unconditionally. Spend some time vocalizing your gratitude list. And finally, let's move into supplication. Let's confide in God with confidence, our dreams and desires. Let's ask him to line them up with who we really are, our dreams and desires for other people, that the God we love would hold our loved ones with tenderness and power. Let's bring these requests before him with confidence. God, we pray for the courage and the clarity to do what the angel instructed, to not fear the unexpected, to speak truth and encouragement to others, to look for you in the Galilee of our lives, to hear you loud and clear as you declare who and whose we are. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. If you're looking for show notes to follow up on any references we may have shared, you can find those in the episode description or by going to our website at www.thepausepodcast.com, where you can also find links to our social media, along with a handy guide to subscribing or leaving a review. Thanks for listening.